0: Welcome to Creative Welly, Episode 8, Courageous Conversations with Bold Humans. My name's DK, your host, and in this episode we're speaking with Lindy Nelson, creator of Agri Women's Development Trust and also amplifying us, the new podcast as well. Also, Clive Spink, Chief Executive of Pukeko Pictures. The Creative Wally video podcast is produced by Jono Tucker over at Empire Films, where this audio comes from. It's also hosted by Alex Matthews at X Equals. Thank you for letting us use your space, Alex. In this episode, Lindy and Clive and my good self get to speak about all things to do with animations, scaling, uh, Thunderbirds come into things, and watch children media production, and also food security, food strategies, sustainability, agriculture, women's role in farming. And also leadership. Enjoy this episode. So let's talk about leadership because both of you are in a good leadership position at the moment. Mm. You just started talking about, you know, frameworks and thinking. Mm. Where are you in your leadership journey? Just because I know you've just, not just, but you've changed in the last year
1: Yeah, or so. yeah, I am. So um, when I set up the trust, mm. launched out of Parliament, and mm. uh, you'll all know Fran Wow. Yep. Mm. Yep. So I just literally got off the podium. She came up to me and she said two things which really resonated. Um, One day you're the rooster, the next you're the feather duster, and leave while they're still asking you to stay. (laughs) So the minute I'm kind of launching an organisation and not knowing how it's going to be and go, she's going to think about your exit, and so it's been really staged. Um, Mm. So two years ago I stepped back from the operational side of the organisation, and in November this year I will step completely away from any organizational control. So still influence, still the founder, but really handing it over to you know, create its next. And um, to me that's what leadership's about, is mm. can you um, succeed in an organization as a founder, leave it solid mm. and the foundation's there, and create enough people with the same kind of vision yeah. to take it forward.
0: How long is AWDT going?
1: Ten years in November. Ten years. Oh. Yeah, yeah. oh,
0: so you literally did your the decade I, then? If yes, I s-
1: absolutely. And then had some stepping points all the way along. Mm. Um, actually, every year, the goal, and thinking, I don't even know how I'm going to get there, but had those yearly goals and held so, myself accountable to achieve them. Yeah.
0: Which is interesting. You've been there just ten. Under ten years now, mm. and you coming up to ten years in the next couple of years, right? Oh,
2: six, year, oh, you're just six years. You're okay. six years now. Okay, Yeah.
0: So in leadership, your journey.
2: Yeah.
0: Where where would you summarise you're at?
2: So we're we're at the at the moment we've you know we have scaled back the operation a little bit at the moment. Sort mm. of recognised through COVID that, and we managed to wrap a couple of big productions. So we sort of had around 150 people, and we're down to around 20 now. But we um, <clears throat> we're going through um, sort of a period where we're restocking our war chest of mm-hmm. ideas and creative to build a, to build the platform for growth and so what we what we have done over the last five years in particular is we've actually got out into the world, produced a whole lot of content, got our brand known mm-hmm. for what and what we do developed a whole lot of creative partnerships and now we're looking to basically have a a war chest of ideas and collaborations to actually drive those forward with the partners that we've sort of been building over the last five years.
0: So, like Lindy, do you have (laughs) an exit plan?
2: Uh, Probably, uh, you know... uh, G- give me another couple of years, I think. Sure. I sort of okay. really want to bed in mm. some of the these new growth opportunities that we have. Sure. And, um, you know, we've got, you know, projects that could sort of see us having to hire 170 people over the next three to six months. And, you um, know, I think that's uh, the leadership challenge for me and that is actually how do we preserve the amazing culture that we've got yeah. within the team at the moment yeah. <clears throat> as you grow in a really mm. quick way, and
1: uh, and that's key yeah. culture. You yeah. know, when I started uh, the organisation, <coughs> we had no funding. Mm. But literally, beginning of the global financial crisis, great time to start something <laughs> new, um, and literally no funding. Wow. And I thought, okay, the money will come if the culture's right. Yeah. And so, year two, we defined what our culture was. Not because we had a brainstorming session and just put stuff up there. Mm. It was what was being lived behaviours in the organisation and the transformational change that we were creating. And I think culture absolutely drives organisational success and human success.
0: Yeah. 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 How would you define the culture then? Did you have specific values and principles that would?
1: Yeah, so the first one, and it was driven really from the research, um, was the sense of standing shoulder to shoulder. Mm -hmm. So you create change when people feel engaged, have a sense of belonging, and think you actually really care Mm -hmm. about their journey. So that was the first one, Mm -hmm. creating positive change. And so that's a really funny thing to say, because actually you can create change, but you have to have the measure that it's actually positive change not destructive change and when you're in the mm. art of sort of in science of human development you've got to be really careful about mm. that change that you take people on um, and so you know those were sort of the key principles really um, and supported growth so that we were going to support people right through their their leadership journey mm, yeah
0: culture. what about the culture how would you manifest the culture well i think i think... It, sorry
2: so the cult- culture that we have at the moment is is almost a Farno type mm. culture where every, and, you know it's been really played out to me in, um, in the COVID situation you know where everyone's working remotely but everyone's sort of checking in on how mm. they are and you know we have you know we have people that you know have struggled at different parts of COVID and, of and, you know, sort of mental health are big things and, and so, but just that whole support of, you know, checking in and making sure everyone's okay, yeah. that um, that everyone understands that it's really, it's all hands to the mill and we're not a, we're not a big team at the moment, mm-hmm. but we've got a whole lot of people who cover for each other when they need to and, and just really get in and, you know, sort nice. of work together, which... Which, as I say, you know, as we, as we sort of look to grow over the next little while, we want to really preserve that because mm. it's, it's just something special.
1: It's really interesting, isn't it, a whānau family culture. Yeah. I think there's been a big shift in yeah. organisations to define that and what that looks like, and if we think of our own families, mm sometimes you don't like your family members, <laughs> but you love them, yeah. And, yeah. and I think that's kind of really where we need to think of in terms of leadership, yeah. is that we can have courageous conversations, yeah. because we're knitted together in some way, shape or form through values or you know, family, It's in terms of blood and trust. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that ability to have courageous conversations yeah. that really change things is kind of the way of the future. Yeah.
0: And I love you brought that up. That's the tagline for this. Creative Welly.
1: Courageous do conversations
0: with bold humans. Well,
1: you know, I can read people's minds. <laughs> there
0: like, we okay? go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, it's, just a, it's good language, though, isn't mm. it? And it? And it's important. I'm, I'm fascinated at how you keep that fano mentality uh, when you do scale to 100, mm. 150, 200. Like, is it, I, I know it can, mm. but like, already you have to consider different uh, operational and systematic things there, right? Yeah, and, I think, and you've done this a couple of times, so yeah. I love to hear how you've done it.
2: Well, I think I think one of the things too is that you know, for us, it's really important to have youth and experience, which is you mm-hmm. know, and so actually having having people who have the scars on their backs have seen things, mm-hmm. and um, that doesn't necessarily mean old, but it, but it means people with. Experience people mm. who are prepared to give rather than take, and, yeah. and and you know, as as a as a father, you know, you see how how hard it is for young people these days. So we, you know, I, I um, we're very much about blending that youth and experience, and really, mm. um, you know, sort of creating that nice dynamic and, and in our business because we are a creatively led business, mm-hmm. you know, it, it actually becomes a little bit self serving as well because we want to make sure that we have fresh ideas and and the way our content is consumed is changing. So yeah, we actually need to be sort of thinking mm-hmm. new as well mm-hmm. as you know, so it's sort of it's a really nice dynamic of
0: Should you build in like mentor, mentor? kind of relationships when you do scale. Yes. It's like we need to put someone of experience and surround them all yeah, the So other.
2: I'll give you an example. So what, <clears throat> one, one thing that's really important to us at the moment is to grow our um, writing talent. So we have a lot of really talented writers in New Zealand. and um, But what we what we need to do is basically get a lot of people with international credits so that when I Go off okay. to the market, and I'm trying to sell a concept. I can point to this person has worked on this show, and it's it's an international show, so that's really important. And it's it's hard for people to get experience. the experience. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so we have um, so we we've built a framework for our writers that have um, have international leadership at the at the top, and we have a a showrunner, which is the person who's effectively the, the head writer, and then gotcha. we are looking to have a, a team of writers around that person that have experience, and then we have people who um, don't have experience mm-hmm. who write little bits, and then we have students or s- starting people who don't actually write, who are just observers. Right. So, so they get and the, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so the idea is that as you deliver more and more of those projects, you basically move people along the chain and 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 grow them.
0: That's lovely, mm-hmm. and that's been going for the last number of years. That's, that's all of your projects. But, oh, that's
2: something we're sort of really focusing on now as yeah. a business. I mean, we we had a we had a f- fantastic. Um, he was our supervising producer and, and unfortunately passed away last year which mm-hmm. was a which was a huge loss to us but he um he had had a real talent development philosophy he was a he was a, a grumpy old scotsman who who just had a had had a heart of gold he was what he was just, just you know mm-hmm. and cared about his team and mm-hmm. just did a did a wonderful job and you know he just bought all of these uh, young people through, and yeah, yeah so that's that sort of it's almost his legacy that we're we're continuing.
0: I'm hearing that word a lot more nowadays. Legacy. People are really starting to think deeper mm. about the the stories they leave behind and the stories they're leaning into to leave behind as well. And uh, you know, I think the the whole kind of literacy around Maori and kind of intergenerational thinking, mm-hmm. all those things are coming together to start thinking a lot better about how we serve each other? Well,
1: so storytelling is incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you go right back into history, I mean, that's how Mm -hmm. we passed on culture and values around Mm -hmm. the fire, telling Mm -hmm. stories, and you yourself are really into storytelling. And the brain likes a story. The brain can connect with a story. So, you know, it is no surprise people are looking for that. And and I think of things that I've been inspired and motivated by, film when mm-hmm. I was younger, yeah. um, stories, you know, the mm. sense of possibility, Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so yeah, I can mm. totally get that.
0: So going back to something that uh, you've been working on in the last 10 years of your life, what is the legacy and story that you were trying to tell with AWDT?
1: Yeah, so it's actually evolved and I think it's evolved as the organisation and the impact has evolved. Okay. And probably also, to a certain point, my own confidence. So, mm. you know, when when I started, it would be fair to say um, women in New Zealand primary industries, mm. um, they didn't really have a decision-making voice. Mm. So we were few, few and far between. Mm. And whether that was decision-making at their kitchen table, mm. around their own farm businesses, mm. right through to local um, councils, governments, right through to boardrooms. Mm. And so... How, you know, agriculture traditionally is very patriarchal. Mm-hmm. Some people could say it's a fairly stuck energy. I would say it's a very grounded energy. Mm-hmm. And so if an energy mm-hmm. is very grounded, it has a tendency to put its roots deep.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: gotcha. some people would say stuck, I would say grounded.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So articulating how you might do that, how you might bring women into the conversation, had to be done with a little bit of finesse. Mm. And so, you know, in the first three years, I really didn't talk about women. I talked about 50% of our agri-sector talent mm-hmm. because yes. it was like yeah. the penny dropping. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. Well, if they're 50% of the talent. Mm-hmm. And 50% of the talent to solve a problem, mm-hmm. not to be, um, hey, it wasn't really about gender equity. It was about how do we solve mm-hmm. the big problems are around climate, food sustainability. production, sustainability. Mm-hmm. And we needed... Mm-hmm. of our talent. And now I guess as I've uh, kind of matured myself and I guess it's developed a a fairly strong brand internationally, Mm. I have found myself being a little bit more vocal around you know, some of those issues and we've mm. been able to to transition. So the legacy that I've left behind is that women now are seen as contributors and not only mm. seen, they're doing it. Mm. They are creating that transformational change through that, through the development programs that we've given them. So you can see it in the number of women on boards now in our agri-sector, mm. on councils and now leading farming businesses, mm. involved in massive environmental projects, mm. Um, So, I think when I'm an old lady, and you might think I'm there now, (laughs) but I think I've got quite a few years left, um, (laughs) I know I'll lie straight in my bed and know I made a difference. Mm. Yeah.
0: So you touched on the programs that you do for someone who doesn't know, AWDT. What have you enabled uh, those uh, members to participate in and what they get out of the programs?
1: You know, always for women, and it doesn't matter where they are in, let's call it, the food chain,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's about self-confidence. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and that's uh, it's, it's kind of a horrific thing. You know, some of my male trustees, um, in the early days, I'd read some of these applications into our year-long program, and they'd go, oh, this C word, you know, it's like cancer, but it's not, it's self-confidence. How come mm. incredibly competent, capable woman Lack confidence mm. and uh, confidence and capability—they aren't necessarily on the same continuum. Mm. And so, what we often see uh, with male leaders is is confidence, um, more confidence than they actually have capability. Yeah. <laughs> and we see the opposite with with female leaders—that they it. have self-doubt and. You know, that's about how we socialized mm. as 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 young women and I think that's gonna change. Mm. Yeah.
0: It'd be interesting to do a course reversed for males, or men to go mm. on to raise their capability in the gender parity area. So we have, They've got the confidence. Yeah, so <laughs>
1: so one of the things that we did a few years ago is that women don't work and lead in a vacuum around yeah. decision making. And so we have developed courses for farming couples, oh. because oh, okay. she was wanting to lead rapid change, yeah. and you need to take the partnership mm. on a journey. The so, team. Yeah. yeah, and I I love working with men.
0: Yeah,
1: I love working with men.
0: Yeah. It's fascinating just because of um, going back to the word legacy again. Mm. What New Zealand is known for in the last fifty to hundred years, and heart is to do with farming right mm. yeah. we've become such a nation that is synonymous with food and agriculture mm. in practice and only probably in the last 20 years has that kind of been uh, usurped a little bit by other things and in other industries but also the ra- rising discourse around well actually farming is mm. not sustainable anymore or there's less sustainable practices than there should be in farming um, how have you managed that last ten years with those different types of conversations? Mm-hmm. Especially you on the sustainable yeah. one because I know how big it that is mm-hmm. in the
1: so, so always my aim was not to not do it personally mm-hmm. but to create women who are capable of doing it okay. and so i 'm often invited into a lot of conversations and I will find someone you know probably one of my graduates mm-hmm. because that 's what it 's about you know right. you can only do so much yourself, yeah. but if you develop the potential of other people to think differently, create collaborative relationships, have courageous conversations, Mm -hmm. then you change everything. It's interesting though, isn't it, when you talk about legacy, because there's two dialogues running with agriculture. There's a media dialogue, and then there's reality. And so if you think even back 10 years ago, global financial crisis, what pulled New Zealand through was New Zealand primary industries. Yep. Mm. And there are, even in the last 10 years, there's specific times when, you know, we created the balance of payments mm-hmm. and people kind of don't understand that. And again, now we've been asked to do that. Mm. Um, you know, the our export agricultural products at the moment mm. are completely and utterly booming. Mm-hmm. And that comes back to mm. trust. We're a trusted product. Mm. You know, we are the best, um, producers in the world, and sustainably. So it's the dialogue around what sustainability means. So that's not shirking away from there is practices that have to change. Change Absolutely. Mm. But they don't involve everyone, and there are some phenomenal practices out there Mm. that are happening. In fact, it's old dialogue, you know, the riparian plantings that have been done, um, reduction in animals on farm, There's some incredible things actually happening. Mm. But it feels the the rhetoric is still on something that happened a few years ago. Not now, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it does seem quite shallow, isn't it? What bleeds that leads in the media. Mm. So you will get the affluence run off in the the rivers as the main story about. And that's real. You know,
1: that Mm. is absolutely real. Um and that was driven by the government. Productivity was driven by the government. Mm, they had, right. okay. they actually had a policy, double exports. Mm. So, yeah.
2: so, so if you huge. look
1: at all of, um, you know, some of the things that haven't turned out well in terms of food production in New Zealand, you don't have to look far to where the policy was first developed. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, no, so, it's, um, you know, you, you, you think about um, you know, where we are in, in the world at the moment and what's it's important cool. and it's, mm. it's food and it's, you know, it is, it's sustainability and, yep. you know, it's what what, got a great COVID, story. Yeah. You
1: know, as, as much as we like to be uh, nice human beings, we mm. all looked after ourselves yep. initially yep. and the supermarket shop stores, yep. you know, the shelves oh. yep. got emptied. And so food is pivotal to human experiences. Mm. Um, not only culturally, but mm. you know, in terms of nutrition yep. and how safe we feel in the world. Yep. Mm. And so what COVID has done is bring the focus back on food. Mm, yes. And you know, one of the things I'm involved in now is mm trying to amplify the need for a national food strategy. Yeah,
0: um, so what does, what does that mean? Because I <laughs> it did means see that,
1: it's like yeah. how
0: do you have a national food strategy? Yeah. yeah. So do, we don't do people have them in other countries, yes. by the way? Yes, okay. so the
1: UK has been developing theirs for the last few years. Okay. Um, and I'm a passionate advocate of grassroots up. Mm. So if any transformational movement has to start, it has to belong to the citizens. Yeah. And to create us in effect, because in a few years' time, we're going to be asking our citizens to make some choices. Yeah. And so they must be involved in that. Um, where we've got at the moment, we've got, you know, uh, some organisations in New Zealand who think, yeah, we've got it nailed, we're going to develop mm-hmm. one. But it involves everything. Mm-hmm. If you right. think of food as pivotal, it involves education. Yeah. So if we don't have the right people being educated around food and, and you know, um, Having careers in primary industry, it involves mm. immigration, mm. so this year we will have food insecurity around some of our um, produce, our fresh produce because yeah. we can 't get people okay. in to pick it. It
2: right. involves law it
1: involves um, council decisions oh, yeah. it can 't be separated and and this is a problem mm. I think with all industries that we we segment mm. um, really narrowly. Mm. So I think it's really important that people start understanding some of the risks around food. Mm. I mean we are a big exporting nation of food Mm -hmm. so we Mm. we won't run out of food as such but we can't be economically um, viable as a country unless we can keep exporting that food. Mm. We have to do it safely, we have to do it within climate um,
2: Climate constraints now
1: and you're dead Mm. right sustainably but what does sustainable actually mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think most of us in the primary industry are going beyond sustainability and go, how can actually we become regenerative in mm. our practices? Oh. So, yeah.
0: I'm just fascinated by you again, taking on a big juicy <laughs> yeah, problem, yeah, yeah. trying to make it in end the, in, the, in the universe, but it's great what well, you kind of uh, highlighted there, that the, how many aspects it impacts on. Almost like that wellness budget that came out mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so many areas it hit. It almost needs that kind of uh, awareness at yeah. that level. Is that, what's the end game there? Is, that, is it a, a governmental national food strategy? I think or the it...
1: end game has to be something that is cross-party mm-hmm. so that the right. citizens say, here's what's important to us. Mm-hmm. And so whatever party is in power, for want of a better word, it has to be beyond politics Mm. because what happens when people don't have access to food it becomes pretty ugly pretty quickly
0: yeah
1: or or money so in new zealand we're talking food and you know the ability to earn export dollars Mm. and our primary judges around the world have a phenomenal reputation Mm. we're seen as safe and we are safe our food systems are remarkably Mm. safe
2: yeah i think about you know You know, I'll I'll look for country of origin on on the products. You're the sort of consumer
1: we want. Yeah,
2: (laughs) because, you know, actually it's important to me, you know, to know if there's been herbicides or pesticides, you know, or what's in the... what's Yeah, yeah. everything.
1: Yeah. And we're, you know, our protein is predominantly grass-fed. Yeah. So it doesn't have
2: those right. uh,
1: those additives in it at all. Mm. Um, one of the really lovely things that came out of COVID um, was this. You know, it wasn't lovely food insecurity. Don't get me wrong. That mm. was not lovely. Mm. I mean, at one stage, just under 900,000 New Zealanders were food insecure during COVID.
0: Wow.
1: So that's fairly remarkable. Mm. Yeah. So
0: nearly a fifth of our yeah population. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So food well, insecurity is is um, talked about in terms of access to the food yeah. that you would need to feed your family both from a nutritional and cultural perspective.
0: So that is driven by economics, I would imagine, to a first...
1: Mostly e- economics, well, absolutely. Yeah, and right. so we had people who had never had to rely on a food bank in their life
2: mm. who
1: were suddenly turning up mm. So there's so much involved in that there is a sense of shame, there's a sense of frustration, a oh. sense of concern, worry. But what we did see was um, farmers' response to New Zealanders. So they've, there were some amazing yeah. um, farming um, organisations and individuals. So a fantastic company called Greenlee Products. I think they put phenomenal amount of tonnes of um, protein Mm. um, into the Waikato. We Mm. we had this amazing dairy farmer um, called uh, Wayne and Siobhan O'Malley who started an organisation called Meet the Need. So it was farmers uh, directly Mm. contributing and that meat was going to food banks. Now food banks have never had meat
2: the access
1: to protein before. So Mm. out of challenge does come Mm. innovation.
0: Fascinating, well there's a lot to dig in there, yeah. food. So the food scarcity stuff is, are you hoping as well if you solve it for New Zealand, it could be replicable across other nations or are we peculiar?
1: We're peculiar
0: in, in that right. we,
1: we are a mass exporter mm. of food. Okay. Um, and it depends what sort of scientific modeling you looked at, but I'm fascinated by where we're gonna go in the future. Mm. So by 2050, you know, some scientists are saying um, New Zealand, uh, Canada and Scotland may be the only countries in the world that can actually grow food in the ground.
2: Wow. That's frightening. What? Yeah. How? Why? Because, because of, of
1: the impact of climate.
0: Right, so and the, then the yeah, topsoil y- erosion y- and...
2: Hydroponics and all of that yeah. sort of stuff. But, all but if you see, yeah. if
1: I don't know if you a sea-mass hydroponic ore yep. grown under plastics in some parts of the world. It's a pretty scary, ugly-looking yeah, right. yeah. thing. So, that's so we potentially may right. only have 60 harvests left before we've eroded all the topsoil in the globe. Not in New Zealand,
2: mm. because
1: right. we have been doing um, precision agriculture mm. and we haven't been tilling like mm-hmm. the rest of the world, but yeah. So food is—you uh, can see why I'm passionate about it.
0: Um, for sure, and it has such again coming back that word legacy. You know, you mm. you think about some of that, and I know you interviewed uh, Rachel from Kono as ah, part of yes, your podcaster. Yes. I just seen her uh, this morning. Actually, mm. yeah, she's a lovely lady. She runs a, a company um, all about food and mm. and health and well-being, all mm. mixed up into one. But one of her big things, or one of the company's big things, thinking uh, five hundred years. In the future, mm-hmm. yeah. So that generational thinking about their plan and stuff, mm-hmm. and this is what it sounds like to me that you're not just—it's—it's it's that beautiful thinking about you know your grandparents get or planting a tree you knowing you'll never sit under it, mm-hmm. type thing. is for the future generations. Oh. Well,
1: I mean, how do you connect with food in mm-hmm. in Wellington? I mean, where do you live? Can you grow food where you live?
2: Um, yeah, I live out on the western hills in the, in the Hutt Valley, so I, I probably um, have, a, I have a little herb gardens about, yeah. about the extent of my sort of growing of mm. food and, and uh, a lemon tree for the gin and tonics. And, yeah. um, <laughs> the, the priority, <laughs> I love it. So,
1: <laughs> so could you think of, of like a community... Plots where you know you might share a piece of land with your neighbors because this yeah. is what mm. the UK used to be about didn't it? Sort sure yeah. Having yeah. plots of food.
2: Yeah, yeah no so um, my parents live in the Wairarapa so they have mm. you know cool. they have a, about cool. half an acre of, um, of plantings and my sister's got about five acres or runs a few sort of. Um, so we just
0: go home to the family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> sure. But you're right about that you know my my grandparents up in the valleys yeah. and my great uncle always used to have an allotment, allotment yeah. in, yes. in the uk yeah. they're called yes. you know where you have these community spaces you mm. pay like something stupid like mm. 16 pounds a year mm. for this allotment piece yeah. and he would grow so much food on that and just mm. sustain yeah. not just the family up there but every time you go up it's like got some beans for you yeah. boom like a bag yeah. of beans that yeah. Yeah. it's like okay so i'll meet the needs for the n- next week or so it was yeah, that was the not even the tradition, it was just that's how you lived. Mm. You shared your resources mm. and you always used to tell me about stories. Oh yeah, I've got tons of potatoes because, I don't know, died on the road, got his allotment and he planted old potatoes, I see, so he's just mm. sharing them around. Mm. Mm. So yeah, we we need to get back to that community maybe. Community gardens, yeah, I like that. Mm. That Well,
1: been. I think it's getting back to community full stop. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it really? Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. Mm. And, and I think that will be. And it comes back to the conversation about family. Mm. I mean, where does it start? Family, yep. community, mm. yep. and then it spreads out from there. So right. if right. we go back to our roots of connecting around those principles, mm. I think we we'll we will get it right.
0: Mm. Mm. I think you're right. Wow. So yeah, juicy problems. Mm.
2: And <laughs> um, the simple life. You know, that's mm. that's you know the the simple art of growing something. Mm. Cooking it and feeding your families are, definitely. It's good for the soul.
1: So, did you find in your line of work through COVID that people sort of returned to some a simpler way of life and enjoyed it?
2: Um, yeah, I think I think people once once they get over the the different routines, you know, mm. you're not going going into the city, not going into, you know. So, yeah, I think <clears throat> a lot more time at home and time with the family. It, yeah, I think it was a little bit simpler. Mm. Things slowed down.
0: There's a lot of people, we, we had a couple of people in here this morning talking mm. about the impact you know, on businesses and stuff like that. And uh, the culture again, coming back to a, a culture and organizational business mm. to allow they're people to just slow down. Oh. Yes, you've got to look after the kids now and homeschool whilst doing mm. work. So yeah, we have a lower expectations. But then there's the flip side of that. Is some organizations gone the other way, haven't they? They're like, well, we expect the same thing or even more from you because oh. now you don't have to travel in. Just two hours, <clears throat> you should be working oh. now. And it's just, yeah, you shake mm. your head, but I know some <laughs> yeah. of my friends who have uh, mm. gone into some really horrible situations and conversations with their oh. bosses because that expectations have been too high compared to what they're all facing.
2: Right? Yeah, I mean so, we we had we had the situation, you know, we have people who share care with their, you know, right. sort of yeah. kids and so every and every so homeschooling times everyone knew actually you don't book meetings during this time. People will work later if they need to, mm. you know, that sort of becomes you get a you have to have a a lot higher trust model, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. got to be mm. sort of around outcomes but actually it's not about micromanaging that you're going to be working 10 hours you actually you've got a few deliverables you've got to do if you can do it within 3 and have you know have more time with the family mm-hmm. it's actually driving towards outcomes rather than mm. than hours i mean i i found um for a, there was a, a a few of us that were actually all about we're we're about driving the business forward. And, Uh and, um, you know, so over the last three years in particular, I've done a hell of a lot of travel, you know, sort of 19 long haul flights one year. And so that's just stopped, which is actually, I think, good from a health point of view and and all of that. And actually we've found during COVID, we're actually getting better access to people. Oh. Because, you know... Previously, if I had gone and wanted a meeting with an exec in LA, I probably would have had to have jumped on a plane, made a booking, gone mm-hmm. and seen them, had a, had a, a slot, and mm-hmm. and then out. Whereas actually, you know, you might have three Zooms in a in a month because it's sort of you smaller can get but easier. yeah smaller bite size yeah expected
0: now yeah. You know. That's fascinating. And
1: Zoom has changed people's behaviour. Yeah. Here's my experience of it. <clears throat> it becomes almost quite, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, unilateral not the word, but you know when you're in a physical meeting with a lot of people, um, you notice people's behaviours, mm. but on Zoom that's really noticeable. <laughs> and then the self-awareness mm. is there, so people who are maybe over suddenly become more aware of the fact they're over talking because there's that little yellow yeah. uh, yeah, light that <laughs> that lights up and depend on the hierarchy mm. um, <clears throat> it's it's much more there, there kind of not hierarchy necessarily no. on zoom and so it's it's fascinating the decisions and the discussions that get made and there's just the change of yeah. people's behavior mm. set them behind a screen
0: yeah. Yeah. It is fun. I'm interested as well about kind of the hierarchy, but also the, the management and collaborative approaches, especially in regards to something that you do around the creative process. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you're, you as the chief executive obviously have a lot of touch points with lots of other uh-huh. people within the organization. But when you do scale up to those hundreds and stuff, like just even keeping an eye on the multiple productions that you might have on, and how does that actually work?
2: Well, I think yeah, that's you. You just you need, you need, people. So you've got to have your you know. So mm. so there's no way you could be across everything. Mm. So you'll have a really good producer who will be responsible for delivery, or then you know. So it becomes yeah. a little bit of a chain of command. Gotcha. You know. So yeah, because ultimately my responsibility is about driving the projects and to, you know, to, mm. to feed the, the teams, basically. Mm. You know, so it's sort of, it's, um, you yeah, then it's sort of actually about handing over to execution and just having a...
0: But Pukeka Pictures have had some fun <laughs> in the last couple of years mm. with you there from a perspective of changing the approach to creating mm. content. Um, like, we've had lots of discussions, yeah. but for the sake of Lindy, around the idea of traditional... Media models mm. for kids production stuff versus what Pukako does. Could yes. you give us?
2: So we we have. Um, so our our goal is to make money while we sleep, basically. You know, oh, so nice. so. That <laughs> <laughs> is that not everyone's goal? <laughs> <laughs> You've obviously mastered it. It should be. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, and talking about sustainability yeah. and all of that. So what we want to do is we want to create IP and narratives at the centre, but then look at how we. Exploit those narratives across different platforms, different approaches. So, um, so you know, we give you an example where we have a piece of IP at the moment that we're looking. We've got a TV show conceived for it, but we're actually launching it as a collectible plush toy. So we will um, we will launch
1: used with sustainable products. <coughs> yeah,
2: no plastic.
1: Yeah, nice.
2: Yeah, so nice. we're yeah, so we're yeah, no, we have we have a big it's this. this Show in particular has a, has a very sustainability message all behind it, and, cool. and um, yeah, and it's, it's really nice. Our, our chief creator and one of the founders, Martin, is is, is a huge, uh, huge sort of advocate on sustainability, yeah. and, and um, yeah, so we're so we're we're looking at how we um, how we create ideas, and then how we sort of in a three hundred and sixty approach. We call it IPX, go and exploit it all around the world with all different partners. So you're <laughs> launching
0: a toy before you launch the, the show? Yeah. Which most people wouldn't do, right? No, they might. do it the other way.
2: Yeah.
0: And then, so, yes.
2: So, so, I mean, or we might, we have a, a bunch of uh, children's books that we're writing, mm. so we might, so. You know, <clears throat> it might cost you, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to put together a whole range of pitch materials to go out and pitch a TV show. Okay. Whereas oh, you you might yeah. actually be able to uh, do ten children's picture books for that that you can launch out on the web. You can start getting some feedback, what people like, what they don't gotcha, like, yeah. and then you you actually have an income stream that comes in quicker for it. So it's actually about. Market testing things you're doing, Mm. and just but just looking at how you um, get ideas. So there's been
1: a real awareness, as far as I can see, in the last five or six years about creating different films Mm. or um, narratives around girls Mm. and girls doing adventures and girls becoming superheroes. And so, tell me about some of those sort of things. I think
2: the the our, our company was founded on the first project that uh, was Jane and the Dragon, which was, yeah. um, <clears throat> which was all about girl power and a young girl who wanted to be a knight. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, there's a, Martin, our chief creative, is the only male member of, I can't remember the woman's name, but she runs a, a, a large feminist organisation. Okay. That Martin is the only honorary <laughs> uh, member of, okay. and um, and it's it's amazing. You know, we I had a conversation uh, probably a month and a half ago by a, with a Swiss banker, as um, woman probably in her forties, that said actually this was the show that really inspired me. And so, no way. So yeah, there there is a real power of um, of being able to you know empower people through content
1: so then we come back to <clears throat> growing food yeah. and those sort of things how do concepts like that get picked up and put into children's films or books Great
2: or? <clears throat> we have actually got an idea <laughs> an idea yeah. of ah, this is why we maybe <laughs> put we together <laughs> yeah which are, which probably can't talk too much mm. about sure. but it's uh, it's well, uh, more about
0: the p- general process then any idea well, how think, does it become reality right in your mediums
2: yeah i think I think um you know the the key the key I think is actually about um, making things entertaining and actually subtly putting the messages mm. in that actually people then don't realize that they've actually had a learning experience so mm. we're okay. probably in the kids' space we would call it edutainment mm. so how do how do we sort of you know, and, and it's one thing that we, we um, I give an example of a, a kids show that we've just uh, finished and, and launched across the world and um, <coughs> it's about five baby aliens learning to be astronauts in a space academy. And each of the <coughs> characters has a, a learning trait that's mm-hmm. specific to one of the sort of five. Educational practices: the so ones all about teamwork and leadership, ones about educate, um, about health and well being, ones about the arts, ones about science, and ones mm. about engineering. And um, <coughs> and Martin um, made the science character a girl character because he's you know says if we want to change the world, we need to empower women into science.
1: Mm. So Michelle,
2: the would be so pleased to yeah. hear that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and and I'm fascinated as well. From I don't know how much you can share because in our previous discussions about some of the stuff you've done overseas in terms of the partnership approach in creating content, which hadn't been done before, mm. as I understand it.
2: Well, yeah, and, and I mean the the partnership approach has probably always been done. We we sort of led probably the. Um, the globe in terms of doing partnerships with China and as Good a as a market, so so most most um, TV production in a in a scale actually requires a level of working together because generally, mm. you know the budgets are quite large that you've actually got, got to be able to put the money together mm. by collaborating with uh, people all around the world. But yeah, so f- as a as a company, Pukeko, um, you know, had led. Into China and establish the first co-productions with China that um, mean that our content creates counts as local content in China. So it opens up mm. that at a market level, which is um, which has been fabulous.
0: So that's basically then getting into licensing <laughs> yeah. and repositioning IP, but through other mar- other mediums, yeah, the markets, yeah.
2: Yeah, so, no, we're, so we've launched, you know, children's indoor playlands in China, done sort of licensing extensions for um, all sorts of, you know, sort of food products, mm. um, health and well-being products, mm. um, toys, and...
0: or with your IP on it? Yeah. Yeah, so going back to what Lindy was asking, like, how often do you take ideas from outside? or are all your ideas to brief or is it martin coming up? I've had another one people gather around.
2: <laughs> I think I think uh, our, at the at the moment what we we're, we're probably finding that maybe half the ideas uh, are our own okay uh, sort of in-house generated through martin and the team and then half are collaborating with other people and so so one, one of the things I'm working quite hard on at the moment is, is almost having a creative cooperative where people can, um, we, as a business we actually don't take unsolicited ideas because mm. that, that that's a little bit hard because you run the risk of someone pitching a new, an idea into you and you've already been spent two years developing something that's similar okay. and so, okay. so you have to be quite careful on that sort of stuff. I never thought about that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it makes yeah. Sense. sorry. Go on. So, so, um, but we we are sort of, you know, we have probably three or four really um, strong cr- creative collaborations that we're working with other New Zealand companies and companies around the world okay. at the moment. So we're working with um, Julian and the Awa team in, in Wellington on a, a bunch of Māori stories mm-hmm. and, and taking those out to the world, which are which are. You know, fabulous. We have working with John and the Powell Studios team who've developed a really nice uh, radio play that's on Radio New Zealand, and we're sort of looking at how we develop that into an animated TV okay. show. We're working with DreamWorks on some on a on a property and in a, um, a bunch of other sort of offshore partners as mm. well. So, so at the end of the day, because our. Our company's actually, because it was established by Sir Richard Taylor and Tanya Roger, mm-hmm. the founders of the Weta Group, and, and Martin, they came together to produce Jane and the Dragon, which was Martin's award-winning book. And so so the company's always been quite creatively led. Mm-hmm. So, so we understand the value of creative, we understand um, and want to you know sort of look after creatives because ultimately that again that becomes self-serving because mm. if you if you <laughs> respect the creative if you value it and you, you then pro- provide a vehicle to be able to see it realized and yeah. and and in the market earning earning a dollar then, mm. then you know you can look after the creative people in that process
0: it's a great system you got going on there mm-hmm. it's uh it's lovely to see it developed in terms of even the traditional, what I would think is traditional, like the Thunderbirds, mm. which my mum loved. Yeah. And then when I told her- oh, I see he
1: the same era as his mother.
0: No, <laughs> my mum was like, well, it's in Thunderbirds, when I said, oh yeah, I know the guy who was kind of running the business, who's doing something with them. This was a couple of years ago, yeah. See, when I first met you, And she was like, I hope they're gonna do it well and, treat it, and all that yeah. thing. Yeah, and uh, she, because it was a, a different medium for her, because yeah. she still remembered the funny walking yeah. puppet things, the do- bobbly heads. Yeah. Yeah. And the
1: yeah. mouths that... yeah. Oh, yeah, the little, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Um, she, she said, yeah, I watched it, I couldn't get with her. it. It's very different. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's marketed differently as well. <laughs> yeah. You're not an 11-year-old boy, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's different. Yeah,
1: but Lady Penelope, probably, yes. she, yes. she yeah. She was one of the first sort of, you know, yeah. you could I could relate to Lady Penelope, yeah. didn't want the pink car, but no. she was a sassy lady. Yeah, she was. <laughs> yeah. In the back to, of the car with the G&T yeah, and the yeah, little yeah, cigarettes.
2: Yeah, we had to take out the cigarettes. I, I remember was, that. It was
0: a yeah. bit contentious, wasn't it? The cigarette and the <laughs> yeah. G&T. Yeah, but so. she ran the show. Yeah, she did. Yeah. I can't even remember. her, That's bad. So she oh, was like
1: Parker, Parks. Parker. Parks. Parker.
2: Oh, Parker, Parker, Parker. Yeah, the, yes. the
1: the chauffeur and right. yeah, between her and the chauffeur, mm. she really was the yeah. Pair. She was the brains behind it all, really. Well, so, this is how I interpret yeah. it <laughs> as, so so as a had, young girl.
2: In our version, uh, we had uh so David Gordon, who played the original Parker, voiced our version of. Wow! Partner as well. Oh, so, that's so, really cool. He's, he's the granddad and Peppa Pig as well, so he's Granddad Pig and Peppa. Pig. Wow! So he's um he's he's an amazing <laughs> um, voice actor in, in the UK, and uh, we had uh, Rosamund Pike as Lady Penelope yeah. in our yeah. version as well. So that's kind of cool, right?
1: So can I just ask this, and it's no, not a in. question that's related to any of this, Good. but I just like keep looking at the little badge on little your button. on your um blazer and yeah. I can't quite see it but if you tend to wear something when your blazer it tends to mean something to you
2: yeah oh no it's just a just a a fashion
1: oh
0: <laughs> you thought I, it out yeah a, yeah I know, did deep I thought it yeah. significant deep 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 <laughs> actually, deep and you know, I
1: was trying mine. to go is it is, is, oh, is, right. is, is it is it a rosary badge is it is it an order of merit is it, it, it you know
0: you could make anything yeah, up no yeah it's just yeah. a fashion just like a cool pen. yeah i love that i <laughs> love that
1: well, I that's trying to be curious no no yeah,
0: you yeah. gotta be you gotta lean into it man yeah. yeah definitely um i'd love to kind of maybe change tack a little bit about talking about uh, both what you're doing in the area um, around that talent you mentioned it before mm-hmm. and you mentioned it previous about hiring people and getting out their way mm-hmm. i'm wondering kind of the advice that because you've been in positions of authority and you very different spaces, but I think you probably have a wealth of experience now. I wonder if anybody's listening to this and thinking, "Oh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm in similar, I'm I'm emerging leader, I'm starting my leadership." Mm. Like, what advice would you give those types of people?
1: It's interesting you say authority because I've never mm. seen myself no. as in a position of authority. Okay. Influence, yeah, maybe it's absolutely. A, a
0: wrong word to use. Then, yeah, yeah, no,
1: but I think I think that's probably how people do see it. I mean, mm. leadership for me is very very clear. It's behavioural not positional.
0: Could you expand what yeah. you mean? So it's
1: that? it's how it's what you do. Oh, but it's oh, yeah. behaviours, it's leadership behaviours that I think can, if they're enacted right, lead to leadership positions, but everyone can have leadership behaviours without necessarily having a leadership position. So it's something I'm really, really passionate right. about is that, you know, because the word leadership traditionally has a vote a positional yeah. responsibility nice, yeah. whereas I go it's behavioral, and so mm. it's the behaviors that create mm. um, those changes, so wherever you are in an organization you can bring behaviors to your work which really creates that that transformational
0: change and what are the behaviors
1: oh well, building trust mm. is yeah. is absolutely one, and um you know I I love military models mm. because the military have to get it right mm. because if they don 't people don 't come home
2: mm-hmm. so
1: and they 're deeply researched, so most military models they look at human behavior mm. and how we think All how behave rights. and mm. and then they you know create a framework around it so there 's a Canadian um, trust model and it has four really key behaviors and that 's why I kind of love it because. They identify what they are. So integrity, and we all know what that is. No. Well, actually, no, we don't all know what integrity no. is. <laughs> but uh, to me, it is actually about doing what you say. And um, you know, when you're outside of that, you you admit it. So integrity, predictability, and I think predictability mm. in human behaviour is really important. So I kind of know you and. I know how you're gonna behave, and oh, you're not mm, erratic. Mm, yeah. um, benevolence, which mm. is a really old fashioned word, mm. which is like, I've got your best interest at heart. Oh, mm. So when you're acting with your team, they kind of know that you're thinking about them, oh, and, nice. yeah, and competence. Oh. And competence is really important because you can be predictable and have integrity um, and show benevolence, but if people can't trust your judgment mm. or don't think you're good at what you do, well, yeah. you're going to lead people down a slippery slope.
0: Oh, fascinating. Yeah. So. What's that called again? The, oh, it's a, just a Canadian
1: trust model. Canadian yeah. trust yeah. model. Yeah. And it there has those four behaviours. Okay. And I think if you can do those mm. um, repeatedly, you'll build the rights of behaviours mm. in, in any team. And mm. you don't have to be a leader to do those, no. but you'll probably get to a leadership position if, if you do listen. do those yeah. four behaviours.
0: That's great deconstructing. I, I'm using this as an excuse
2: to develop my own skills. So thank you for <laughs> That's that. That's what we all do. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So, you know, you're my mentors and I want to kind of feed off you. Yeah. What about you and your think, take on that I
2: think uh, that for, for me there's, there's, you know, some philosophy. That you don't do anything you wouldn't be prepared to do your, do yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I... I I, I'm a big believer in openness, you know, and mm-hmm. sort of especially, and um, talking about the why, you know. So okay. why why is this important to me? Why is it important to us? Why is it important at an mm-hmm. organisation? And I and um, and then sort of having measures, you know. So you probably the competence thing, you know, measuring mm-hmm. you. You know what you're what you're trying to do and, and mm.
0: yeah. I guess what you've done yeah yeah
2: it's
1: interesting because one of my kind of leadership kind of heroes is a guy called Rob Hogan, so he developed mm. um, probably the premier global um, psychometric testing oh, okay so any organization who really want to know how mm. you are going to turn up mm. will will do this before mm. they hire you. Um, and if they're having trouble with you, they're probably likely to <coughs> but it's really expensive. It's okay. yeah, it's really expensive. I mean it's about fifteen hundred dollars per okay. per participant. Mm. But it's a total predictor of human behaviour. So you can't fudge it. Mm. And and it, it comes in three models. Your leadership potential so, this is kind of your sociable part of your personality, um, how much people might like you, how much you like being with people. All these things are really important. Mm. Um, the dark side of your behaviour. And we all have. Yeah. 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 So, under stress, Ooh. how are you going to show yeah, up? How nice. am I going to show up? And I know my two dark traits colourful and mischievous. <laughs> They're just really nice words for mm. um, really antisocial behaviour. <laughs> um, and then values, because we. You know, Mm. we pay attention to our values. Mm. But here's this lovely little model called Get Along, Get Ahead, Find Meaning. And Get Along is, you know, it's literally like um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know. Actually, as humans, we have to build collaborative relationships. Mm. Um, We, you know, we have a really strong sense of belonging. Mm. And so Get Ahead is resources to be successful. Mm. So, you know, would you pay, do you treat people right? Mm. Do you pay people well? Mm. Um, And that Find Meaning or Purpose, Our deepest fear there is unpredictability. Mm. So people like predictability. Mm.
0: That's fascinating, I'm reflecting on that and already going, yes, it seems. I love when you hear certain things, you Mm. go, it's bloody obvious, but it's not because you haven't thought about it deeply like that, so that's.
1: You know, every day with my team, I used to have a little, when I was running the team, I used to have a little sticky on my computer, get along, get a headphone meaning, and I'd check in at lunchtime. Mm. Have I helped people build the right sort of relationships? Do they have a sense of belonging to this organisation? Mm, mm. And I'd usually tick yes to that. Um, get ahead. Have I resourced them correctly? Do they know what we're doing? Mm, mm. Um, have they got the things they need to be successful? Mm. Do I know that about them? Mm. Kind of usually a tick, there'd be something i think, oh, I've got to circle back on that. If I'm in in purpose, I'd always think, Oh, I haven't explained the why enough. You know, I've, uh, I've done the what and how, but mm. actually, was I really clear on why that was important? Mm. Yeah. And so I like these little things that when we're leading, mm. we can model our behaviours around.
0: Yeah, they anchor you in some way as yeah. well and give you some mm. yeah. help. Because, you know, you're thinking about so many other things, let's be honest, mm. and you need to come back to the centre, yeah. and that centres you. Yeah, absolutely. Some,
2: sometimes that's where the why you know, it might be, you're not seeing me that much because I'm just, I'm busting right. my ass. So, you mm-hmm. know, I've got, you know, mm. got the money coming in to- Because <laughs> to that's you. your way, yeah
0: I'm, yeah. I'm the engine yeah. and you yeah. guys- But are if a... you
1: can't say that, if you no. can't say, look, I'm not going to be mm-hmm. here because, yeah. you know, and, and you've got to be careful how you share that because you yeah. don't want to disrupt no. people's sense of their own security no. if they know actually we might not have any money to pay the bills next yeah. year week. Tomorrow yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> is is explaining. Hey, I'm working on something. Still thinking about you, but that's yeah. still the why, yeah, isn't it? Yeah,
0: it, is. it? it is. Yeah, big yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I'm interested in, in in something that you're doing and you're not doing mm-hmm. because I think you should be doing it, but I know you're doing it. You should still <laughs> carry on doing <laughs> okay, it. This right. is fun, right? What is this? Your podcast. Your new podcast.
1: Oh, my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah so what interests you in this? Well, I'm
0: I'm, I'm happy you're doing it from a perspective of I remember years ago we talked about it yeah yeah I didn't even know
1: how you would even do that
0: and it was like years ago I want to do a podcast one day I'm like, well, it's really simple. You just do, 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 do. And then now I'm seeing you doing it. And not only that, I'm seeing some of the names that I know, like Rachel and mm. Melissa Clark Reynolds and just good humans, right, mm. on this podcast. You're and you're humans, chatting yeah. away and you're just sharing ideas yeah. and resources. And I know you're getting some traction with mm. it as well. So I'd love to hear just why you're doing it, even though mm. I kind of half know, but love mm. to kind of you share that and kind of what, again, the hopes for that. Why yeah. you're hitting yeah, that you hitting that medium now.
1: Um, so look, it comes back to my why, oh, which is mm. around empowering women in food production mm. all around the globe. Mm. And so, yep, I think I've sort of set something up that is really good in New Zealand. A couple of years ago I was asked uh, over to Scotland to um, support the Scottish de- Government develop mm. a strategy around what they were going to do with their woman. Yeah. Um, Went to Papua New Guinea and spoke at APEC, Mm. which you know, and that you you start talking to a whole lot of different nations, which is really, really interesting. Um, And sort of realised what we have here in New Zealand is pretty unique, Mm. (laughs) like probably the same thing as yourself. And and because you do it, you don't kind of think it's it's unique. Um, And then started to think well, not everyone has got access to set up these development programs, but. They could have access to knowledge mm. and wisdom and so it's really about women's wisdom what women are doing around New Zealand and the globe around food production and some mm. of those challenges so women see themselves as part of the conversation mm. um so they rule themselves in rather than out nice. and so that's kind of the aim at the moment, you know half the listeners are global listeners, which is a which That's is a awesome. surprise. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely um, surprise. Yeah, a yeah. lovely surprise. I haven't really sort of marketed as as mm-hmm. such because I did get some good advice, not from you, but from another smart man, who said get better at doing it mm. before you. Um, and so, you know, yeah. how do you get better at doing something? You you, you talk to some great friends, don't you? Some yeah. other great humans. So I've been talking to you know gorgeous people like Melissa and mm. Rachel and. Some of these amazing women that I've mm. met on my um, way around. So, yeah, and it's fun. Mm. Although I'd be terrible in the film industry because that first time you... I mean, I don't have a problem talking. Oh, the okay, red button you you're going to talk
0: about, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. First time you switch it on. Oh. Yeah. Come on.
1: Yeah, well, it was even a technical setup because I hate okay. technologies. And the script I run in my head is, mm. Linda, you can't do technologies. You know, you're useless. Um, and so I thought I had to research what mic to get. And I was... Yeah. So I did the whole research mm-hmm. thing and I was set on getting the Technica. Okay. Yeah, yeah, not the Blue Yeti because the Blue no. Yeti yeah. had a few problems. Yeah. The Audio Technica? Yeah, yeah, Could yeah. Do it so, in a, in but I wardrobe? couldn't get it during
2: Covid. Do it in your wardrobe? That, uh, so that's, that's another one, yeah. No, uh,
1: but a, what I have done is I've put the duvet mm. right yeah. over the top of me. Yeah. Clever. But being a woman of a certain age, that only works for five <laughs> minutes, and then it's like, whoa, well, it's like really, really hot. Yeah,
0: that's, um, it works, but it doesn't work. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, no. So
1: we couldn't get the technica because it was COVID, oh, so I had to go with the Blue Yeti. Oh, Very good. first recording, yeah. do you think it would work? No,
0: it's plug and play, isn't it? Yeah, you just so it's plug it in a lot of plug and you and play. play. You
1: have to do different oh, adjustments oh, on your okay. on your mm-hmm. computer, and so yeah, okay. yeah. But you see, we can we mm-hmm. can. Learn. It doesn't matter. But what you're away age now.
0: You've done yeah. what? A dozen?
1: Um, ten? Yeah, about ten. Yeah. yeah. So I've got a few more in the pipeline. Cool. Um, and some amazing woman to talk to, and yeah, maybe sometimes maybe I'll talk to men. I don't know. I don't know. It just. And well, you've don't...
0: exhausted yourself of all <laughs> the women, which <laughs> will well, be never. Maybe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but I, but I love the idea of the, democratizing voice and mm. and mm. giving people. This, yeah. I don't like it. It's over overused. This word agency, but I think it's it's credible in this mm-hmm. context. Giving people agency to tell stories, to mm-hmm. find other stories, to tell mm. their stories and stuff like that. Mm. And yeah, this has a, a threshold of. Mm access, mm. that not everybody can do this, in other mm. words, uh, nice. resource, nice. whatever. <laughs> but I think everybody can do podcasting because mm. most, you yeah. mm, just sign up to a SoundCloud, yeah. put it on your phone, press record, and now we're away and we're mm. podcasting, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. And then there's everything above it as well, which is edited and crafted mm. and narrative yeah. and yeah. This yeah. American Life podcast, stuff like that, which mm. is up again. Uh, but I'm always fascinated by when people just have a crack, go, mm. and then how they develop their voice, It Mm. and so I'm interested in in next year what you're going to sound like (laughs) because you would have been doing it for a while and Mm. it's like, okay, I'm we were having a chat, me and John on this morning, just Mm. about we're already, I think this is the ninth one, and we're thinking, Mm. you know, how's this going to evolve? How can we do Mm. it better? Are we going to standardize if we're not? We can keep you know, and that's a good conversation to have. uh, It is. I
1: mean, I think one of the first challenges was I knew what I wanted people to say. Oh, okay. Because there were specific themes. So yeah, Melissa reminded me. So you knew talked, their stories yes, and you wanted yeah, to extract yeah. so, it, right. So if we think about Melissa Clark Reynolds, you mm. know, we have had a really close relationship. And, you know, I'm all about really the sisterhood mm. and I'm picking what it really looks like for mm. women to be in close relationships with other women and the power that, mm. that happens. So we mm. knew that's what we wanted to talk about. That was kind of relatively easy. Um, and we just sort of rolled with it, yes. mm-hmm. and then the next woman, um, you know, there there were themes. Like I've, I've got a couple of themes that I want to really pull out, rather than just conversation. Yeah. But then they go somewhere else, mm. and you know, you get but. that anxiety. Come back to what I really want you to talk about. <laughs> okay. And now I've just realised they're going to go to a place yeah. that. Yeah is really good for them to go to. So right. it's that trusting mm. that you'll get something good out of yeah. it. And look if it's real crap, you just edit it. <laughs> That's the beauty Yeah, yeah. Think about I've it had to that, do like, that do remember
0: those cheap fireworks you used to get? Mm-hmm. And you'd light and you'd hope they just go straight up. Yeah. You'd hope. Right? Yeah. But wherever they're going it's gonna excite you and it's gonna pop, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so think yeah. about conversations like that. Yeah. Just like light them and then go, right, yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. yeah, so you're really brave. I mean you've Chuck two strangers together yes. and you're just yeah. leading it roll and there's magic in that. I do know?
0: trust in the ability for good humans to add value to each mm-hmm. other in conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can provide the, the ignition mm-hmm. for yeah. that. And this is just the catalyst, the reason mm-hmm. to get you two together. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can get out of the way as well. That's the other reason. But coming back to the podcast mm-hmm. is, yeah, you're uncovering and, and presenting other people's stories. and um that is such a, a needed thing at the mm. moment is giving people that thing which is why I mentioned that you know something that Pukeko Pictures could mm. be amazingly good And at. he's got mm. technology, I mean you can yeah. just it so easily. I'm not saying do it so you know, <laughs> but, but I'm saying from the uh, the revealing the process of the cre- revealing the the creative process mm. is so mm. unique and mm. rich in mm. what people can learn from that. Mm. Like mm. this is why we watch the Extras on DVDs, you know, yeah. the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. People okay. are fascinated by process. Yeah. They love the product as mm. well. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Mm. You never lose when you got a great product. Yeah. But when you sprinkle in some extras, like, oh, this is how we actually approach this. Yeah. This is the story behind the story. Yeah,
2: and that's, you know, it's something cool. that we, as a as a company, of you know, we we talk about diversity and we talk about you know, thing as, as much as. Neural diversity, you know, mm-hmm. making sure that we, because we we do need to look at technically how we how the market's changing and how we deliver things. So at the of moment course. we're doing a bunch of um, research with uh, the guys from Epic who create uh, Fortnite.
0: Oh, Guardia. yeah, the video game yes. company. Yeah. So they yeah.
2: have um, what they call the Unreal Engine, which is their... Um, the VR stuff? Um, no, it's basically it's it's just the engine that they use for gaming and okay. it does real time yeah. rendering of things and so wow. but we the but they now are doing these uh productions they use LED technology and they project background so your actors can be walking in front with the Virtual backgrounds behind got them, it. and Mandalorian all that. stuff yeah, Mandalorian has been stuff. shot on it. Yeah, season. so we're we're doing a whole lot of work in that, but gotcha. shrinking it down into TV budgets, looking at how we deliver it in a kids space. So we've got okay. you know, all, all this. Um, so yeah, tech, is, tech, and and in, in storytelling, mm. you know, and how all that comes together is actually really important for us. So it, yeah. you know, there probably is a, a good way to tell a whole lot of stories around that.
0: I think it also raises when you th- when you have to think about sharing the process in a way that you know you're sharing it with a community maybe that doesn't have doesn't a level of literacy yeah. that you do, yeah, because you've lived it. Yeah, for example, mm-hmm. it does help you think differently yeah. and ask better questions, uh, which is why I still love podcasting and I still listen to a lot and mm. love the long form video podcast because. Again, some of the podcasting has come out when I, when I first podcasted in 2006, my first ever podcast. <laughs> wow. And, and it's wow. crazy, right? I was yeah, old school, yeah. right? Yeah. But the point I was trying to make is, like, I used to only do 10 minutes yeah. as an interview, a podcast. It was just me asking lots of questions about someone else. Mm. And like you, I would script it out and stuff, and I knew exactly what wanted and that was it. And I did that for nearly six years, right? And I had a ball, a mm. sorry, and learned so much. But now I don't listen to any of those types of podcasts. I listen to like long form conversational stuff where people just chat and Mm. and extract and follow tangents, which Mm. we're scared to do. Mm. And we think we have to highly produce things. But this is a different medium now, Mm. unless it's on HBO Max, when you know you're going to get something beautifully crafted. No, you're you're asking, you know, different. So it's
1: really interesting because, um, you know, when I sort of thought about this, I thought about maximum listener time how long would women have okay Mm -hmm. so they don't have 90 minutes or two Mm -hmm. hours or three hours Mm -hmm. they have 30. Mm -hmm. and so i sort of thought about women driving in in the the car car to pick up their children or you know going for a walk and so i'm kind of trying to keep it sort of short and you know a couple of women said oh my god it was like listening to a conversation like eavesdropping at a coffee shop and I said that's perfect that's exactly you know what I want <laughs> you to, mm-hmm. yeah. to pick up from that so I guess it has to match who your audience totally
0: yeah, yeah. totally yeah I know that uh yeah some of the long-form stuff I'm getting in and I should tell people "Ah, oh, I would just watch this like Whitney Cummins talking for two and a half hours with someone else they're like two and a half hours just like two people talking <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but it's like going out for a cup of tea with your mate or a cup mm-hmm. of coffee. Or it's the same mm-hmm. kind of scenario, yeah. but you're right. Now you're just eavesdropping, and you can pause it at any point yeah. and like halfway through yeah. and stop, yeah. and then go off and yeah. do whatever. Yeah. Or yeah. but w- it's different
1: for women. They probably if they pause it. Probably aren't going to come back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Okay. Yeah. See, gender differences. Maybe yeah. that they yeah.
1: and and where our women work as well. Yeah. yeah.
0: Good point yeah. as well. Um, the whole kind of women in agriculture is a very different scenario than women in work, right? Probably.
1: Yeah, yes and no. So no? a lot of my listeners would be women who would have a corporate role, but mm. they have okay, a corporate sorry. role within We're within the agri sector. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe women just have thirty minutes. <laughs> That's all they have. Maybe.
0: You know, that's that's mad. But I, I just wanted to celebrate that you're doing well, thank it because I remember thank years you. ago when we first met, yeah. you were talking about it, and it's like yes, oh. I do it. And so look at the
1: influence you have. Well, yeah.
0: it's probably yeah. not me. It's probably you. Other things. No, and, no, no, oh, no, no, no. No, no,
2: no. Platforms, you're finding, you're getting access. To so you
1: know, we started this conversation before the cameras started rolling. I'm a high believer in young people. Yeah. and giving young people's opportunities. Yeah. I wouldn't even know what platform I'm on. <laughs> it just, it's a lovely young man in Christchurch yeah. sets it all up and I right. just hand it over to him and yeah. he does the editing and another gorgeous young boy in um, Auckland, he does kind of any pictures and nice. so yeah.
0: You're yeah. on the main platforms by the way, yeah, yeah. iTunes, Mr oh, thank, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> thank you! Uh, what are they? <laughs>
0: They're just distribution platforms, if right. you think think yeah. about it, or platforms you can subscribe Podcast. to podcasts. Oh, Audible. sort of like
1: Spotify and Apple. Correct. Oh, okay, sorry, yeah, yes. okay. Just not on with the lingo. That's
0: okay. <laughs> yeah, so you're very well dispersed.
1: Oh, thank you, yeah. thank, you. <laughs>
0: thank you. Where you should be, <laughs> okay. that's probably better way you put putting very it. Well you're discussed. where you should yeah. be. But again, it, I, that comes back to that literacy, right? If some mm. people just like, yeah, I've always wanted to do that, mm. but I didn't even know where to start, mm. or mics to start with, and you're like, well, you don't even need mics. No. You're going to literally sign up to Spotify through your phone, and away you go and record, mm. and it goes live there. Now, whether it'll be any good is a different yeah. question, <laughs> because and, that's where the craft comes in. And, yeah. and it's
2: also about, you know, finding your audience. So yeah. you've, got to, mm. you've got to make sure that you're... Yeah.
1: Exactly. So, you know, I've done a few podcasts with other people, and of course they go, I'm going to text you the, um, you know, the link. And I went, that's great, but I live rurally, so we don't get uh, cell phone reception.
0: (laughs) So I'll pick it up when I'm driving back (laughs) through the hut.
1: Yeah, 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 (laughs) absolutely. And it's
0: like, oh, my phone, there's 83 messages. (laughs) Yeah, and so most of
1: the women that I am interviewing also live rurally around the globe. Yeah. And so um, internet... Broadband,
2: yeah.
1: cell phone is, is a real challenge. challenge. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah, So, Zoom. I do mm. a lot on Zoom. Mm.
0: So, that's the platform we use. Okay.
1: To do the initial recording. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you turn the video off?
1: Um, sometimes, but mostly women want to look at each other. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, mm. I only bring that yeah. up because I'm doing mm. podcasting for another client now. Mm. I'm pr- back producing podcasts. But when I interview, I always turn my video off.
2: Mm.
0: Oh. Just because I feel more that, and for them, I say, Oh, feel free to turn the video off. Mm. We do it via Hangout, which is just Google, a mm. version mm. of uh, Zoom, mm. and it's just that, that's my preference. But yeah, I, mm. I suppose that connection, and it's a different type. I'm talking very professionally about their work versus probably very personally about their approach to work. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. And so then any of the recording I do on Audacity.
0: Oh yeah, yep. mm. cool. It's good getting yeah. geeky now. are getting mm. geeky.
1: Yes, that's what we do. Nice
0: stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. do definitely. <laughs> cool. I want to ask a question to kind of um, into the last bit of our our session here about kind of what you're you're going to be working on going forward. Like I know you've got you've been doing your podcasting and you're stepping out to the organisation, but I'm interested to hear about your scalability and mm. projects that you have coming up. So maybe start with.
2: Yeah, I think you know the. Um, Looking at the creative industries, I think um, you know an, animation is probably in, in our sector is actually quite a COVID-friendly media because mm. um, you know we can we can produce content without having to have big groups of people necessarily together, gotcha, and yeah. and, um, and so I think you know the you know there, there's probably is a risk of in and out of Covid and what that means for some of the, um, you know, projects in the creative industry. So mm. actually, getting some, getting some really good projects that employ a lot of people and yeah. give them long-term, sustainable jobs, yeah. is something that we are pushing hard for. And you know, we're you know, generally when we are looking at projects, you know, there is a level of coming together with other partners and, and, you know, maybe doing 50% of the work here, 50% somewhere else and mm. putting it together. So we we probably over the next little while will actually try and do more of it here just at a mm. at an economic and mm. sustainability, again, for jobs, which is, um, you know, so that's something that we feel pretty passionate about. And, you know, we, we talk about the mortgage test, so... Um, you know, a lot of roles in the creative industry are sort of, it can be a little bit boom, boom bust. A lot of yeah. people get employed for a short period of time and it's very contract based. So, you know, we're trying to look at projects that provide a, you know, a, a job that people could then go to the bank and get a mortgage. You know, that, okay. that sort of is where we feel pretty passionate about that as yeah. well. So, so um and uh, create, you know, we've done a lot of work in building a whole lot of relationships offshore. So how do we create, as I talked about, those platforms for New Zealand creatives to to then we can help access mm. offshore um, money and platforms mm. to to pull that together, but respect the creative um, process and and the creators, you know, mm. keep them at the centre of things. So, um, yeah, so quite a exciting exciting times. A number of uh, amazing projects with some incredible people. We've, you know, secured the rights to a, um, to a US author who has um, the same number of book sales as Lord of the Rings and half the number of books of Harry Potter, but has no... Screen outcomes for any of his IP so Whoa. so um, so we're looking to try and put all of that together Fascinating. which wow. which um, yeah so lots lots of lots of lots of different things, lots of you know sort of some smaller projects mm. trying a hand in in the publishing game and and a bunch of other things as well so I was going
0: to ask you, is there any room within your project uh, work card you know uh, like where where do you play? Where do you allow yourself to do something at risk yeah. and quite radical? Do you allow like a certain percentage?
2: Well, what what we're doing is we're um, we're doing you know like over the last twelve months in particular, we have sort of restocked our our cupboards with ideas, you know. Okay. So we've right, we've yeah. had a had a run of really in production, which is a it becomes the. The sausage factory of you know mm. just trying to check things out, out and, and yeah. that. Whereas, um, we spent the last 12 months, we've got a, an amazing head of development who's been working really hard, and we're pulling together a bunch of um sort of relationships and projects and, and, and getting the the yeah. cupboard stocked so that we can then get out and and sell it, okay. And uh, yeah, so, um, but we, we do have a, we're, we're doing a whole lot of technical development because unlike a lot of animation companies or studios, um, they often have a big technical infrastructure and almost yeah. like a, a pipeline. So they need to make sure there's projects coming in and feeding that sure. pipeline. And, and it tends to be that they only produce the same sort of stuff because it fits in their pipeline. So if yeah. they're a 2D sh- you know, shop, they might just do 2D work mm. because that's, they've just got to keep the work coming in to keep those people. Whereas we're, we're looking at... 2D work, we're looking at 3D work, we're looking at mixed media stuff, we're looking at virtual production using gaming engines and, and, and all of that means that we have to sort of work and technically mm. try new things so we're, we're doing a whole lot of sort of okay. R&D yeah. sort of stuff with a relatively See. small tech team at the moment and we have our, you know, a little room with lego models the guys are playing with and okay. sort of uh, you know and just, just the sandbox yeah mm. so there's some yeah some quite cool stuff happening at the moment got a amazing team of designers and you know yeah just and great great team you know we've got a, such a, a multi-disciplined mm. team who can just crack a whole lot yeah. of things so it's yeah, it's quite fun at the moment
0: it sounds it. And and where you are as well, being in the Miramar Peninsula, surrounded by so many other creative mm. companies who yeah. you have some allegiance to, or alliances with, mm. and some not, but mm. you kind of all know each other, and you all, I yeah. would imagine, feed each other in some way.
2: Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, like, the, if you look at, you look at a, a bunch of the companies that have actually developed, um, you know, tech spin-offs and so it's it's not just the the big employers out there there's a whole lot of smaller companies as well that Mm. that are you know it it is quite a um collaborative um you know industry in terms of people uh, you know people like coming together to make Mm. stuff It's it's sort of it's that maker community Mm whether it's making a creative product or, you know, sort of actually making physical stuff. People, you know, mm. they they like to share and...
0: Mm. Before I move on to you and ask you about your, what you're going to be doing. You're
2: all
1: okay. frantic trying to think what I'm yeah, going to be doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll
0: leave that <laughs> into that. Like, I was going through the roster of productions that Pukeko has done yeah. uh, in the last just couple of years. And of course, there's a huge emphasis on the what, whats, and mm. the the tradition Thunbergs. not traditional, the well well established like the Thunbirds and stuff. But I was looking as you you're actually doing like real life people yeah, as well. Production, production. Two there was two productions mm. right. The brave uh, some. Um, clever man clever man thank you and then there was the other
2: there was 199 little heroes That's right yeah. yeah
0: is that something that you're going to continue to develop or are you going to go back to the animation
2: no so of... we we have we have a really strong mix of both live action and, and right. animation um you know live live action is a little bit um you know runs the risk of stop start with mm. with COVID, COVID and of course, things like people. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and the industry have done an amazing job to pull together health health and safety practi- work practices mm. and a whole bunch of things that, you know, that you can see a bunch of the live action projects starting right. up again. Um mm. and and I think, you know, you look at where we sit in the world Relative to a lot of places in the world, where a lot, you know, yeah. more, uh, you know, workplace friendly in terms of being able to yeah. actually complete productions. There's a lot of places in the world that kind of stop. Yeah, yeah. filming, filming stops. So they pro- probably, you know, you're s- seeing a, a, probably a lot of um, productions stopping in other parts of the world that m- may end up. I Looking was going to ask you, high. yeah, are you getting that phone call from yeah.
0: someone saying, "You know what? We we got everything in place. We just need to do, and we can't do. Mm. Yeah. However, we appreciate you've got yeah. that capability. Yeah. So, can you play?" Yeah,
2: you know? no, there's there there's a lot of conversations yeah. being had around that. It's you know, so it's um, yeah, so we, are yeah, I mean, it's 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 appreciate certainly that. interesting yeah. times. So so yeah,
0: appreciate, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, what about you in terms of your focus? And?
1: Yeah, so obviously you want to amplify that national food strategy, citizen-led approach to that. Um, keep going with my podcasts. Uh, before COVID, there was some stuff to do internationally and globally. I'm on a um, advisory board for um, women in agriculture globally, and they were gonna have a big event in London in December. Right. So sort of working with them about how we could get some different platforms so oh. people still have that. And there's kind of something in there about actually telling my story without, and it's not actually about me, but the process mm-hmm. that you used to go from creative, um, research-led, founder, charitable trust, that became commercial, that scaled, that now has a global mm-hmm. reputation, and then yeah. how do you get out? And and so- I Survive. I th- Pardon? How
0: do you survive and you well, we get out?
1: It's not necessarily that, is that I think, I'm really passionate about charitable trusts, non for profits, mm. um, social enterprises, because mm. I really think they do the, the heavy lifting mm. in, mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a lot. And they're not constricted around mm. government policy. They can kind of make their own rules up. Mm. Yeah. But they're often restricted around finance and money. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I created a model where two thirds of our income is now commercial in orientation. Mm. Um, so we can still serve our audience. Um, so women who come on our programs either access them for free or would pay a third of the actual cost. So mm. there's, there's that part which I think is interesting to people. Mm. Um, and the creative thing of how do you take an idea and then create it and then get buy-in you know, from government down to grassroots oh, right. to you know creating a board a sustainable organisation, developing talent. So many elements. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I think if people knew kind of processes around that mm-hmm. and how you might think about it, we would get a whole lot of change that was actually sort of happening. So trying to think about how, how I do that, how I tell that story.
0: Would that yeah. be a just a, a Lindy story? Or would that be like a, a collaboration with a couple of people who have similar things? Uh-huh
1: you're starting to think about oh. it all. Yeah, <laughs> <sort> of, I'm <laughs> going into Yeah, yeah, already. Could be online, like yeah, a Coursera yeah, yeah, course? Yeah, 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 To be honest, um, it's it, it found that exiting an organisation is quite rare, mm. and they're leaving it in, in good heart. Mm. Um, charitable Trusts' commercial orientation is quite rare.
2: I mm. don't say they don't mm. exist,
1: but it had, in a way I've, I have broken a few models. To create what we've sort of yeah. Um, mm. yeah created, but I think there is some value in sort of unpicking that a little bit, so other people can go, Oh well, yeah, actually, I've got this idea, yeah. and they've just given yeah. me maybe a potential model to actually bring that idea to life.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, so lots s- to do. Someone listening to this would be like, hey, yeah. You- plus,
1: plus, it's mm. still farm. So yeah,
0: there's that small thing of that yeah, big absolutely. plot of land that you live yeah, on yeah. with and lots so- of other living things. <laughs> mm.
1: So we're looking at our own farm about um, how do we do things differently? How do we get to carbon zero? Mm. So we're ah, about sort okay. of fifteen um, percent, you know, um, in terms of some of the things we're doing. We need to probably get to twenty-five percent. Mm. So how do we get to that extra ten percent, and and do it in a way which is yeah enhancing and all the mm. good things in life.
0: So you yeah. still got all the cows.
1: Cows, no cows. No cows. <laughs> oh, actually, that's—I'll tell a lie. Yeah, we do have cows and calves, but not like milking cows. Yeah, yeah correct. Sheep, yeah, sheep and beef. beef. Yeah, sheep and beef. Mm. Yeah.
0: Fantastic! It's a great plot of land you have. Up
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very blessed. It's mm. living mm. rurally is is pretty cool. And mm. look, seriously, in COVID, mm. it was it was like beyond cool mm. because we could just go about our daily business, mm, yeah, and yeah. we're very appreciative of of that. But we were Fast earning that. money for the country. Mm. As, as, as we use, so yeah. those, those industries that can still keep functioning. Mm. Yeah, employers. the
0: creative and also the agriculture, there is some, you know, mm. uh, complementary learnings and mm. lessons and mm. things, and especially, like you say, for the country, if they can keep us all afloat, because we're still struggling, right? Mm. Well, mm. Once we haven't, we haven't I mean, even
1: really seen the struggle yeah, no. the to its full extent, mm. but we are five million and mm. not fifty million. Yeah, that's right. And so, if we can create we can and solve grass. our problems locally
0: mm.
1: and regionally, yeah. I think we should be okay.
0: Agreed. Mm. Thank you for doing this, good humans. As Trust are you. you. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. just, just like stepping into in this arena that is odd. Yeah. yeah. So, thank you. Did we cover everything?
1: Probably not. <laughs> but Probably not. I know someday. that. But I can't. Did, that, we did I miss
0: anything really? About 90 minutes? About that, yeah. Oh,
1: Lord, yeah. I
0: thought oh. it was about 19 minutes. No, it was 90, I think that's right, Jono. hmm mm-hmm. Got the thumbs, hmm mm-hmm. Yeah, that was 90 minutes. Awesome. I'm very conscious of people's time, so I don't want to bleed. Yeah, and we can you good right. t- chat forever, okay. but, like, I'm just stealing your ideas here, and it's like, thank you. That's right. has been fun. Yeah. That was Creative Welly, Episode 8. Thank you for joining us. And again, thank you to John O'Tucker over at Empire Films, who produces the video podcast for this, where the audio has come from. And also Alex Matthews, who's the host of Creative Welly at his office there at X Equals on Cuba Street. Good people. Thank you again for giving up your time and listening to Creative Welly. My name is DK, and keep having those courageous conversations with bold humans.